0: God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things.
1: Thank you, friends, for tuning in to your Watchman on the Wall broadcast of Southwest Radio Church. This is Pastor Larry. It is absolutely amazing how much we are learning about the unseen realm. On the show today and tomorrow, I'm going to be visiting with Nathan Jones. He is an evangelist with Dr. David Reagan. Nathan has a new book dealing with the mighty angels of the book of Revelation. It takes us behind the scenes into the realm of the supernatural. We are, as a culture, in desperate straits today. At no time in the history of the modern world has there been such an incursion of supernatural activity that is affecting our lives in a negative way. It is as if hell has vomited on planet earth. And we are seeing it in what I like to call the normalcy of insanity. For example, at no other time in human history have we been so confused about the nature of male and female. Academics, entertainers and politicians tell us that we live in the age of gender fluidity, that we are no longer a society where boys are boys and girls are girls. And gender isn't the only thing that is fluid these days. It seems that our ethnicity is something we can choose to change as well. Believe it or not, a growing number of people identify as transracial. In other words, Caucasians who perceive themselves as African Americans, Pacific Islanders identifying as Native Americans, and so on. We've heard of transgender. Now we are hearing of transracial. Recently, there was a 69-year-old Dutch businessman who claimed discrimination by a dating website and launched a court battle to legally identify as 20 years younger. And in perhaps the most outlandish and bizarre case of incorrectly assessing reality, a growing number of people called Otherkin, that's one word, other kin identify as something other than human. Not only are the demons on the loose, but now the demons are being welcomed into our lives. So as we listen to Nathan Jones speaking about angels and the supernatural, just remember where we are in the unfolding of God's plan
0: of the angel.
1: The book of Revelation is unusual in many respects. One of the very significant features of the book of Revelation is that angels play a major role in the unfolding drama of the end times. As a matter of fact, there are some 72 mighty angels presented in the book of Revelation. Our guest for this program in the next is Nathan Jones. He serves as an evangelist for lamb and lion ministry, sharing the gospel all over the world, from the pulpit to the airwaves to the digital domain. He has written a very thorough book titled, The Mighty Angels of Revelation. We're going to be visiting with Nathan, and I'm excited to have him on the line. Nathan, thank you so much for being our guest.
2: Well, thank you, Pastor Larry, I appreciate being on again.
1: I've not read the whole book because it's quite a a well-done book with a lot of details, but you've certainly put a lot of time, there's some testimony. There's lots of scriptures, and I think that's really commendable. But what led you to write a book about angels?
2: <laughs> well, it is 400 pages, so but please don't don't let that scare you at all. Uh, matter of fact, Terry James from Rapture Ready, who wrote the foreword to the book, said I consider this book to be the premier work on the subject of angels to this point in literary history. And I was like, oh, Terry, please don't compare my book to Billy Graham's or all these other great guys. He says, no, you covered everything. You you put everything in the kitchen sink, in. so. <laughs> But uh, I did originally uh, go setting out to write an Angel's book a number of years ago. My parents, who were in their uh, late middle ages, got in this terrible car wreck. I mean, absolutely terrible. The engine was pushed through the firewall and crushed my mother and burned her. And my father had all these broken bones and all, and he crawled out of the car to go around and try to help my mother out, and he collapsed. And while he was passed out on the pavement, he heard this Harley-David motorcycle pull up next to him, biker guy covered in tattoos and bandanas and all with on the back of his jacket saying heaven's angels lift him up and carry him and put him in the grass and then he said he heard the guy rip the door off the car and check on my mother and the other car well of course he was half out of it so he wasn't sure what he was seeing but when they loaded him into the ambulance he said to the paramedic he asked me could you please go and thank the biker for rescuing us and the paramedic was like i, I don't know what you're talking about there's no biker here he checked with the police officer on the scene. Same thing, nobody remembered a biker. And so when I got the call from my father from the hospital later that day, and I was in disbelief. I'm like, really, Dad, you know, a, an angel? You think that was an angel since nobody saw him? Helped you? And when I got off the phone, I sat there and here, like, here I am, you know, I'm a Bible teacher and a co-host of the Television Christ and Prophecy, and I'm doubting that angels are relevant in this day and age. And so I was surprised that I'm so skeptical. You know, you read about the... 108 references of angels in the old testament and 176 references the new almost 300 references to the angels in the bible and i was thinking well you know what they're all out to lunch during the church age well that can't be so Vic Batista, who's a pastor that we do a weekly podcast together called The Truth Will Set You Free, he said, well, hey, if you want to really understand angels, then you need to go to the book of Revelation, because there are 72 different angels found, or groups of angels, found in the book of Revelation. And so we did for a year. We taught through the book of Revelation using the angels, going from their perspective. We eventually blogged it, and our founder and director here at Lamb and Lion Ministries, Dr. David Reagan, said, hey, why don't you, too, turn that into a book. And so we did. I set off and made a book where we teach not only the study of angels, which is angelology, but also you learn about the book of Revelation verse by verse.
1: Well, I think that's a wonderful testimony because it's quite evident, I think, in the church that there are some, what should I say, wacky extremes. And so people, you know, when you speak about an angel today or you know even a miracle people get a little bit shy but you know the new testament the bible the whole bible as you point out the book of revelation these celestial beings or whatever we want to call them are mentioned and you know it's not like uh, well we say well by 95 ad all this is going to quit and then we're going to be kind of dead for the next two you know Twenty centuries or something of that sort. So I think it's so wonderful that there's been this experience, but then you've gone to the Word of God. And of course, the Word of God validates everything. We don't want to have an experience or report an experience that is not validated by the Word, but certainly what you say in your testimony and in the rest of the book is validated. And what should I say? The Word of God gives it a stamp of approval.
2: Absolutely. You you don't want to go outside the Bible. And I've run into, in my research for this book, many people that go external to the Bible for their source. I do reference quite a number of different stories that people told, especially, like, say, from Billy Graham's book, one of the best books on on angels out there, and many others that I use as research. And you'll find that some people really become obsessed with angels. Matter of fact, my pastor friend Vic comes from a Catholic background where there's almost a worship of angels. So that's not the point. Matter of fact, there are twice in the book of Revelation, where the Apostle John, just so overwhelmed by what he saw, would fall down before the revealing angel who was his guide and start worshiping him. And the angel would be like, no, 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 don't do that. I'm a fellow servant with you. Worship God. And as we as Christians need to remember that message, that the angels are here to serve the Lord. They are our fellow servants. And matter of fact, in the afterlife, we as heirs of Christ will be ranked over the angels they will serve us as we serve the Lord. So we've we got to be very careful. I absolutely agree with you, Pastor Larry, that we do not get into angel worship. We don't become obsessed or even more dangerous, become obsessed with the evil side of it, demonology, because that can really suck Christians in to becoming obsessed, and they begin to lose their faith.
1: You quote Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the so-called Prince of Preachers, on page 127. He was asked, what are angels? He said this. They are only God's pages to run upon his errands to see their Lord is far better. The angels of God are not to be compared with the God of angels. And God, Yahweh, Blessed Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he is the God of the invisible realm, and I praise the Lord for you making that quote. Well, what role specifically do angels play in the book of Revelation?
2: Well, if you go back to the ancient Hebrew, the term or word angel that we used today was malach, if you go to the Greek, it's agelos or angelos, and that means messenger, and that is then the primary role of angels. They serve as God's messenger. They share his divine will. But as you read throughout the, not only the Bible, but particularly in the book of Revelations, as revelation means unveiling, so it, God pulls back the veil that separates the spirit world from our world, and we get to see the angels actually doing all the behind-the-scenes work there. And we see them do quite a number of other things. They serve as guardians and rescuers and warriors and worshipers, even evangelists. They're enforcers and servants, and some even play roles of executioners. So their primary role is to be God's messengers to the people, but they serve the Lord in so many different capacities. I I look to the cherubim. You know, it's getting close to, at least from the time of this recording, Valentine's Day. And you think of cherubim as these cute little chubby babies with wings and arrows, and oh, we humans get you know <laughs> the view, the biblical view of angels, so mixed up. But they carry the throne of God throughout the universe. God's throne is described as a chariot with wheels, and and so they are very different than how we perceive through greeting cards and pop culture.
1: Well, you know, as I read, especially the Book of Revelation, chapter four, chapter five, I'm aware of the fact that they're there is a reality, a world out there that is very real. We we might not think it's real because, uh, you know, we, we go by the five senses. And yet, if you really believe the Word of God, and we must do that, there's a multitude of angelic beings probably right now with, with us. I mean, this is... Just because we don't hear the, um, you know, they're singing or they're chanting, whatever they're doing, they are very real. And I think we're so earth-born, you know, or can we feel it? Can we smell it? Can we see it? And just because we can't does not mean it's not very real. Indeed, it may be even more real than we are right now. Absolutely.
2: And angels can cloak themselves. They sometimes appear as humans. They traveled, for instance, with Abraham as they were going to Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, during the, um, Jesus himself and his resurrected body, you know, in the human body, sometimes his divinity would shine out. Angels can, can come in disguise. Matter of fact, there's even a Bible verse that talks about we are at times entertaining strangers. They might be angels. They are constantly in the scenes. Uh, Ephesians tells us that they are the principalities and powers behind what's going on in the government and what's going on with all this social upheaval. They're... They're very active in in the world today, and and that's something as I I wanted to set off in writing the book, is understand, are they active in the world today? Are they just Old Testament and new? Are they all past? Are they active today? And from my research and and studying the Bible and reading stories from other very well-known Bible uh, teachers, that, yes, angels are still active. God still uses them. He hasn't sent them all out to lunch. They are busy in this day and age.
1: What about demons? Are demons for real? And if so, are they fallen angels? Where do they come from?
2: Well, that, that's a great story. Uh, Revelation 12 really kind of gives encapsulates the entire story of Satan's fall. Of course, we can go back to Isaiah and, and read more about it. But Satan was the, uh, named Lucifer at the time, was the greatest of all of creation. He was the best, the best of the angels. He was the worship leader and the guardian of God's throne. But he started to become jealous of God getting all the worship and not him and that's where we get the first sin it happened not here in the garden of eden but up in heaven in god's throne and satan got pride and he led a third of the angels in an attempt to overthrow god of course god is more powerful michael the archangel led the good forces against satan and god cast satan who lucifer became named satan out of heaven down to the earth where demons now, as they are called, are disembodied spirits looking for those who they could possess. But that's one group. There is a second group, and they are locked in the bottomless pit, and God is waiting for the the final judgments to release them and send them upon the earth to punish the earth, as one of his 21 judgments during the book of Revelation. So there's two groups of demons, and behind this world, the king of this world is right now Satan. Now Jesus claims the de- title deed, which we read in Revelation, of the earth, but Satan still holds it until Jesus returns.
1: Hmm, right. Well, maybe talk a little bit about demonic involvement even in in the affairs of mankind today. For example, what I'm thinking, you know, we we are seeing some things happening in our society that never happened before. For example, I'm thinking, you know, a major American party, the Democratic Party. I mean, they're really weird. They're they're way off base. Are demons influencing that? What what role does the the realm of darkness have to do with that? Because Ephesians 6:12, I believe it is, says, says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So obviously, they must be involved in all of the craziness that we see.
2: Absolutely, everything that's going on in this world is spiritual warfare. Matter of fact, when the angel Gabriel was coming down to give Daniel a message, he was waylaid by Satan's forces. And Michael, the archangel, had to come and rescue him. So we know that both the demons and the angels are at war with each other, physical warfare, battling behind the scenes in a realm that we cannot see with our human eyes. And they are behind the principalities and powers of this earth today. You read in Romans 1 and 2 how as mankind gets more evil and evil, God steps back the hedge of protection, and we finally give over to our lusts, and we're totally open then to Satan and his forces using us. We're seeing a a tremendous increase in the world in Wiccanism and witchcraft. One of the five main sins that you read about in Revelation of the world during the Tribulation will be witchcraft. It will be open, outright Satanism. And, of course, when the Antichrist rises to power, Satan will possess him, and the world will worship Satan through the Antichrist. So eventually, the whole world will be... Satanism and Satan worship, and that's what Satan's ultimate goal is—to get the world to worship him, the very worship that he wanted when he was in God's throne room.
1: Well, you know, Nathan, uh, we are almost out of time for this first program, but there may be somebody listening who doesn't know Jesus Christ as personal Savior, and. They're hearing your voice and my voice, and we're speaking about all these bad things that we can see. Should we be afraid of demons? Uh, is, is all hope lost? Or are we just kind of pawns without any ability to do anything?
2: Well, if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Savior and then therefore have the Holy Spirit living in you, you should be very afraid because you have opened yourself up to the demonic world, to the influence. Uh, the more you dabble with the, the more people get possessed. And I could tell you all sorts of stories of people I've talked to, who have experienced that, but if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, your sins are forgiven, the Holy Spirit lives in you, and you have no fear because you are on the winning side, the Lord will protect you
1: amen that's wonderfully said, and uh, we are we may, we're probably speaking to a lot of people who have never accepted Jesus Christ, you know people think, oh, it's some kind of a game. We play, you know, church and that kind of thing. But uh, the, the world of darkness, dear friend, is real. And God loves you. God wants you to accept his Son, Jesus Christ, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and to have victory over all of the darkness. Well, Nathan, we're just about out of time for this show, but we're going to have you back on our next program. Thank you so much for being our guest.
2: Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it.
1: Matthew, please come to the mic and tell our listeners how they can get The Mighty Angels of Revelation.
3: Thank you, Pastor Larry. Our special offer today is the fantastic new book titled The Mighty Angels of Revelation. You can have a copy for a gift of $25 if you live in the United States and $45 if you live in Canada. To place your order, just call our toll-free number 1-800-652 1144 And of course, you can order this great new book on our website at swrc.com. We also have the popular book by Dr. Bob Glaze titled Angels: A Historical and Prophetic Study. You can have a copy of this book for a gift of $15. Better yet, get both books, The Mighty Angels of Revelation and Angels a historical and prophetic study for a gift of $25. This is a $40 value for $25. That number again is one 800 And the website is swrc.com. Here again is Pastor Larry.
1: Well, Marvin... You know, there's a lot of amazing things that we're seeing now, but one of the amazing things, I think, is how a nation the size of Israel has done so much for the betterment of mankind and how Jews have affected the destiny of planet Earth.
0: Indeed, Jesus Christ, servant of the Lord and Son of God, is a blessing to the entire world. Romans 1 verse 3 says, Concerning His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David, According to the flesh. Yes, Pastor Larry, Israel is a tiny nation, but so many good things have come from that land and from that people.
1: Well, you know, Marvin, one of the great needs of any people is fresh water, drinkable water, water that won't make you sick when you drink it. I mean, the Middle East and many other portions of the globe, they're very arid and very dry. Yet a headline in the Jerusalem Post says this Israeli researchers have developed the technology of producing water from the air, including in desert regions.
0: That's amazing. The report says, quote, Unlike existing water-from-air technologies, based on cooling condensation techniques, the system is based on a two-stage cyclic process. First, separating moisture from air by absorption using a highly concentrated saline solution and then separating the moisture by condensing the vapor under sub-atmospheric pressure conditions. Close quotes. What's also significant about that is, besides being energy efficient, the new technology offers an additional advantage. As part of the process, the water actually undergoes a pollutant removal process that purifies the water. Absolutely amazing. The World Health Organization estimates that by 2025, 13% of the world's population is expected to face insufficient availability in drinking water. and the years that follow, their percentage will rise exponentially. Well, Marvin,
1: Israel has a large number of new startup companies. There is a new Israeli startup. It is called Body Vision. It has created technology that allows doctors to detect early-stage lung cancer through a minimally invasive
0: procedure. The global survival rate for lung cancer is only 10 percent. Lung cancer is a form of cancer that is the most deadly form in the entire world. In the United States, with all of our medical technology and the advanced medical facilities that are available, the survival rate is 18 percent, which is much better than the world average, but is still not very good. A key to
1: survival from lung cancer is early detection. Body vision technology involves minimally invasive bronchoscope navigation of the affected organ instead of the current approach of watchful waiting in the hope that the lesion will disappear. I understand that the watchful waiting approach is often used today to minimize the risk of an invasive alternative surgical or CT-guided biopsy procedures for diagnosis. It's very, very harmful.
0: Much of Israel's technology is focused in the area of national defense. It's a matter of survival. Iran continues to threaten the Jewish state. It is unfortunate that so much time, effort, and money has to go into national defense. The whole world would be better served if technology could be focused on peaceful issues. However, despite that, Israel continues to excel in technological advances in medicine and other non-military areas.
1: Well, we all need to continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem as we're instructed in Psalm 122. As we close this segment, I want to read from Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 6. It says this, And he said, It is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. Rape, sexual harassment, various forms of sexism are all wrong and have rightly been condemned. But are some of the women ever guilty? Do women ever lie? Do women make things up that aren't true? Have the effects of the fall missed all females? Well, Donna Rotono, Harvey Weinstein's lead defense attorney, has built her career defending men accused of rape. So far, she's lost only one single case.
0: Not long after the star witness in Harvey Weinstein's rape trial testified about a traumatizing sexual encounter with the Hollywood producer and another woman, defense attorney Donna Rotono approached the lectern for her cross-examination. She presented the accuser, Jessica Mann, a 34-year-old hairstylist, with copies of an unpublished blog that prosecutors recovered from her phone.
1: You told the jury the threesome was horrifying because it was something you didn't want to do, Rotano said. I would like you to read the note from your phone to the ladies and gentlemen of the jury. Do
0: I have to, Mann asked, turning her head toward Justice James Burke? Yes, Rotano said.
1: Well, Marvin, after a long pause, Mann began reading the years-old post, describing a threesome with an unnamed older man and an Italian woman seemingly the same one she mentioned in her testimony.
0: Well, it was pretty graphic, Pastor Larry, so I will paraphrase. I mean, it's loaded with jokes and expletives and erotic descriptions of the woman's body. The written version characterized the encounter as exciting, not upsetting. At one point, it compared Jessica Mann to a, quote, 14-year-old boy about to lose his virginity, close quotes.
1: Mann tried to wiggle out of the obvious. She said she wrote the post only because she wanted to reframe it for comedy. But Rotano wouldn't let up. She pelted man with so many questions and accusations with such force that at one point man had to ask
0: her to slow down. In addition to fighting for Weinstein's acquittal, Rotano is waging a broader crusade against both the Me Too movement and a culture she believes infantizes women and rewards victimhood. She rejoices in the anger she provokes and calls herself the ultimate feminist, though she's representing one of the most notorious alleged sexual predators in America.
1: Our justice system has decided that just because someone says something and accuses someone, that means it's true, Rotano said. Her job is not to absolve Weinstein of the roughly 100 allegations that have flooded in since 2017. The criminal case has been whittled down to two accusers. But Rotano knows she has the weight of an entire cultural movement working against her client,
0: and that the jury may feel pressure to convict him. The problem with women today, Rotano said in an interview with Insider, is that they don't take responsibility for their decisions. But it's women today, Rotano said, who have refused to be responsible. Everybody says, Oh, are you telling women that if they go to a hotel room, they deserve to be raped? No, Rotano said. What I am saying is that after having drinks and being at a party and sitting at a bar with somebody and then going to their hotel room at midnight, don't be so ridiculous as to say, oh, I thought we were just going to go look at a script. At some point, they have to ask, where is the responsibility?
1: To modern feminists and Weinstein's accusers, Rotuno's questions smack of victim blaming. The experts and victims with whom interviewers spoke balked at Rotondo's views. One gender studies professor argued that her ideology fails to account for the power imbalance between many women and the predatory men in their lives. But Rotano has scoffed at that supposed imbalance and grown irate in court when the prosecution has accused her of victim blaming. At one recent hearing, Rotano said it was insulting to suggest that women can't make their own decisions. <laughs>
3: Thank you, Pastor Larry. Our special offer today is the fantastic new book titled The Mighty Angels of Revelation. You can have a copy for a gift of $25 if you live in the United States and $45 if you live in Canada. To place your order, just call our toll free number 1 800 652 1144. And of course, you can order this great new book on our website at swrc.com. We also have the popular book by Dr. Bob Glaze titled Angels, A Historical and Prophetic Study. You can have a copy of this book for a gift of $15. Better yet, get both books, The Mighty Angels of Revelation and Angels, A Historical and Prophetic Study for a gift of $25. This is a $40 value for $25. That number again is 1-800-652-1144. And the website is swrc.com. Thanks for being with us today. Join us tomorrow on the Watchmen on the Wall program from Southwest Radio Church.